the Live to 110 podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Myers, and you can find me on livetoone110.com. Allow me to introduce my co-host, General Lee of generallee.com. Hi, everybody. So how was your week? It was, it was awesome. It was filled with holiday and food and fun, but um, I'm ready for the new year. I really am. I'm excited about where we're at right now. I know. It's going to be such a good year. I'm so excited. I just, I can't even tell you like all the stuff that I want to share with the listeners and I booked some amazing podcast guests and I've got my book, The Modern Paleo Survival Guide coming out and then I'm going to start on the cookbook, the companion cookbook and I'm just really excited. Big year. Yeah, and so today we're going to be interviewing Jonathan Baylor of the Smarter Science of Slim.com, and he's also the author of the new book, The Calorie Myth. We're going to be discussing his theory that you can eat more and exercise less and still lose weight. That totally works for me. <laughs> and Jonathan has studied thousands of pages of academic research over the last decade and cites about, you know, he's worked on about 1,200 studies to write this book. And he's uh, basically been studying health and weight loss for, like I said, the last decade, and is going to be sharing his expertise today on the show. So forget everything that you've learned. Oh, yay. Here we go. Well, here is the disclaimer. Uh, Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition, and it's not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment we suggest on this show. And hey everyone, if you like what you hear on today's show, please give the Live to 110 podcast a a nice review and rating on iTunes. This will help people around the world to find us easier and you know we would appreciate it so much. Yes, we would. Please take two minutes to go on iTunes and give us a nice little review. Hopefully not a scathing review. A nice one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wendy, didn't you write a review on your site on Jonathan's book that you were about to talk about? Yeah, I did. I, I tend to write book reviews here and there about books that I'm really, really excited about or I really, really liked. And Jonathan was, he's been a guest on the show before, and he was nice enough to give me an advanced copy that I was able to gobble up over the holidays. And so I wrote a review on it, and it's a really good book. It's it's really actually kind of a short book. It's 50,000 words, so it's very easily digestible, and it has so many practical tips for a diet and exercise um, his website the smarter science of slim.com you can go on there and find um, hundreds of recipes um, to go with his sane approach of eating it's really really good I really really liked it it's very simply written and it's just I really recommend it mm-hmm. and then I think you know one of the things that we were talking about earlier is is how we counted calories I don't know about you but like Back in the day, one of the things I used to do, especially in the college days, is I would like eat a ton of food. I was always trying to count my calories up, but then I would lose track during the day and I'd have like a pizza roll, two Twinkies and a something else. And so I'd try to add those calories <laughs> and I'd go get on the elliptical and try to get those calories out of me by burning them off wearing like sweatsuits. And I, it was just ridiculous 
amount of, of trying to overcompensate for, you know, my eating and it, it never worked. It never worked. You know? I did the same thing too. Cause you know, with that whole calories in calories out theory that we've been fed for decades that you think, Oh, Hey, and I used to eat strawberries, haagen ice cream every night. I had, I literally had a pint of haagen I'd blow up to like 300 pounds today because my thyroid has slowed considerably. Um, but I used to, uh, I would look on the cart and it said 1200 calories. And I thought, wow, that's a lot of calories. Yeah. But then I thought if I just spend two hours on the treadmill, maybe I'll knock out three or 400 of those calories. And so I just would be a workout maniac. It just made no sense. Not thinking about what we're doing to the thyroid in the meantime. It's like, you know, we just had no idea. So crazy. Oh yeah. The people that are doing that chronic cardio, they just burn out their adrenal glands, which then burns out the thyroid, which then kills their metabolism. <laughs> and so it's just this, uh, this vicious cycle. It's catch 22. Like you can't win. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to hear more about obviously Jonathan today. So. Yeah. He's a great guest. I had him on the podcast. Um, you know, I think it's podcast number 20 and he's just, he's really, really passionate. He's really excited what he does. He used to be a personal trainer and he's, um, he just really knows what he's talking about. And I like that he's, uh, he's bringing this, this, um, his theories, his simple theories out to the mainstream because I'm frankly, you know, it makes me sad. I deal with a lot of clients that are, have weight loss issues or trying to lose weight and it's just so sad. They all are coming to me with doing chronic cardio, starving themselves, eating, you know, bagel chips, that are 100 calorie snack packs and all this garbage. And it's it's clearly not working for them. So I'm so happy that Jonathan's, you know, has a major publisher and his he's a, a very good marketer. And he's just trying to get his word out to the masses, to the mainstream that people just need to wake up and forget what they've learned. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Today's guest, Jonathan Baylor, is an accomplished inventor, entrepreneur, philanthropist, researcher, author, and public speaker. He holds more than 25 U.S. patents, invented the marquee feature in Microsoft Office 2010, and he's also started two successful companies and um, additionally the nonprofit nutrition education effort, slimissimple.org. He also hosts a top-ranked iTunes health and fitness podcast, fittingly called The Calorie Myth, and his first book, The Smarter Science of Slim, was endorsed by top doctors at the Harvard Medical School, Johns Hopkins, and UCLA, as well as his new book, The Calorie Myth, and Jonathan is now releasing his new book, The Calorie Myth, with HarperCollins on January 1st, 2014, just in time for everyone to meet their weight loss goals and, you know, help with their health resolutions. So hello, Jonathan. How are you? Boom. January 1st. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Wendy. Thank you. So why don't you tell the listeners, you know, a little bit about you and this whole journey in the process of writing The Calorie Myth? The short version, because it goes way back to when I was a little kid, I'll give the short version here, was I had a very unique experience uh, 10 plus years ago. Specifically, I was a trainer, trainer over at Bally Total Fitness, and I had a, a goal very different from most of the American population. My goal was to get bigger. And so I'm, I'm here trying to get bigger, and the vast majority of my clients, while I'm a trainer, are trying to get smaller. And by and large, they're females over the age of 35. So I did what everyone 
does because it's what we're told and what I was trained as a trainer and basically what is considered to be the truth. We'll get to that in a second, which was I tried to eat more calories to get bigger. I was eating upwards of 6,000 calories per day, literally doing double, triple shots of olive oil because it's really the only way to get that many calories into your body consistently. And I would tell my clients who were trying to get smaller, again, females over the age of 35, that they should be eating around 1,200 calories per day and exercising way, way more than I was. Now, in that moment, I, I experienced something shocking, and that was here you have Jonathan Baylor, a homo sapien, eating 6,000 calories a day, not getting bigger, just getting sick and going to the bathroom a lot. And here you have these, these brilliant females who are eating 1,200 calories per day, exercising obsessively, and not getting smaller, and they're just getting sick. So instead of getting smaller, reaching our goals, we felt sick and we just we felt terrible. So I, I had to step back from that profession because I got into it because I wanted to help people. But not only was I not helping people, I was actually harming them and I couldn't even help myself. So fast forward a little bit, I'm a pretty geeky person. I, I since transitioned professionally in one area of my life to be a senior program manager at Microsoft. I mentioned that only to talk about my geeky nature because I didn't want to give up on helping people, but I didn't know what else to do. So I spent the past 13 or so years really geeking out and saying, as a trainer, where did I get my information? Okay, where did those people get their information? Okay, where did those people get their information? Tracing it all the way back and finding the primary research. We're talking hardcore academic journals, things that you can't even read, even if you wanted to, unless you're at a university or have a subscription to these these really high-end academic resources. So I, I spent about 13 years examining over 1,300 of these studies, having countless email and phone correspondences with the researchers, looking at areas which are traditionally not at all considered when it comes to eating and exercise, such as neurobiology, how your brain affects this, gastroenterology, how your gut affects this, and endocrinology, how your hormones affect this. And the reason I spent so much of my life on this problem was I immediately discovered and continued to discover throughout this academic journey that what I was taught as a trainer and what I spent so many years telling other people to do is so not what the science has proven. In fact, it's the opposite of what the science has proven. And just like we don't use the same airplanes we used 40 years ago or the same cell phones we used four minutes ago, why in God's name are we being told the same eating and exercise information we have for 50 years? It's not as if technology has just stopped in that area. So I've since committed my life to getting this proven research and this modern science of eating and exercise out to the world. Yeah, because uh, clearly the you know, the modern mainstream knowledge is 15 years behind the science. At least. I, frankly, I would say even more, Wendy. I would say 50 years because it hasn't changed since the 1960s. Like, we're still just eat less, exercise more. Everything in moderation. Fat is bad. Grains are good. Protein is somewhat irrelevant. Like, we've been hearing that message since the beginning of the obesity epidemic. Yeah, and people are hearing it so much over and over and over that the, a lie almost becomes the truth. Like, people don't even question it. Absolutely. And I had that same experience, Wendy, where I was for the first three years or so digging into this research. I didn't believe it. I, I thought the research was wrong. I was like, go ahead. I got I to gotta stay at this. 
because how can eat less, exercise more be wrong? Like it just seems correct. But then I had this profound realization, which is the question isn't how, how, how can't eat less, exercise more be correct? The question is how can it be correct? Because ever since we started trying to do that, we've gotten worse. Like nobody knew what a calorie was. Nobody knew what a calorie was. And there were basically no gyms prior to the obesity epidemic. So how could going to a gym and counting calories be required to avoid obesity? Like not to mention the fact that no other species on the planet can't even conceptualize what a calorie is, yet they somehow seem to avoid obesity. And and let's not forget that there's other things we eat too that are essential for life, like vitamins and minerals. Why don't we have to count vitamin C in and vitamin C out? And what about like thiamine and riboflavin? Why those three things? Like when you put them together, it's just like this is this is crazy what we've been told, and it's clearly not working. Yeah, for sure. And I love how in your book you talk about how our body. If we give it the right input, the right diet, and you know, since yeah, you know, our body composition is basically 70-80% determined by our diet, that we can just put the right inputs and our bodies will just automatically balance itself out and we'll reach our opt you know, ideal weight for our body. Wendy, I know it sounds too, too good to be true, but it's one of these things where when you really think about it and step back from the myths and marketing that we've heard for the past 40 years far from being too good to be true, it's too obvious to be false. Because think about how, again, how does everything else in the body work? If you drink more water, you automatically go to the bathroom more. If your blood sugar goes up, your body automatically tries to bring it down. If your heartbeat gets elevated, your body takes steps to bring it down. If you get cold, you get goosebumps. If you hold your breath, you then breathe more afterwards. If you sleep less, you'll sleep more in the future. The body, every biological organism on the planet has a range in which its optimal life takes place. And we all learn this in high school biology. It's called homeostasis. Organisms naturally pursue a state of balance. So why is it that every other mission critical function in our body works this way except for energy? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, what, you know, what is fundamentally, fundamentally wrong with the calories in, calories out theory that's still touted by the diet industry and nutrition researchers? It's not that calories don't exist. And that's what a lot of people see before they actually look at the research in my work. Like, oh, Jonathan's saying calories don't exist. That's not at all what the research is saying. What the research is saying is that calories are a, a distraction. They're a very small and not the most relevant portion of the equation. Using calories to determine food and exercise protocols is a bit like using height to determine intelligence. It just doesn't, like, there might be kind of a correlation because, like, little children would do less well on the SAT than full-grown people, but that doesn't mean height correlates with intelligence. Similarly, with calories, when we think in terms of calories, two horribly bad things happen. First, all food and exercise becomes equivalence classed, and that's ridiculous, right? According to calories, a can of Coke 
is better for you than an avocado. In fact, it's almost 100% better for you because it has so many fewer calories. And frankly, it really doesn't matter if you drink that Coke because you could just go jog for a certain amount of time and cancel out the calories. But again, that logic is like saying, you can smoke a pack of cigarettes, don't worry, you can cancel it out by jogging. When we equivalence class all food and exercise, we, it's just wrong, it's patently wrong. Different foods do different things to our bodies. We all know this. We all know that diabetics don't become diabetic because they eat too many calories. They become diabetic because certain foods break your pancreas. And we know that people don't get heart attacks and clogged arteries because they're eating too many calories. It's the type of foods they're eating that do this. It's a quality problem. So when we look at calories, we're looking at quantity only. We're not looking at quality, and quality is what determines how our body actually works. Quantity basically determines like how much energy we have, but think about it like your car. The amount of gasoline you put into your car will not change your car. It will affect how long your car can run, but it won't change your car. Now, think about if you put premium gasoline in your gas tank, or if you put lighter fluid in your car's gas tank, if you change the quality of what you put into your car, it changes the car itself. We have been told to change the quality of what we've put in our body because of that, our body, our brains, our gut, our hormones have changed and they've changed predictably and they've changed deleteriously. It's a quality problem, not a quantity problem. And that's why calories are a distraction. They focus us on the wrong thing, quantity, rather than quality. Yeah, and that's why I love your concept of sane foods in the diet, S-A-N-E. Can you explain it to the listeners? Like why, like basically what diet do you propose in the calorie myth? Two important points. One, while I'm honored when people say this is Jonathan's diet, I, I have to be very clear that it's not mine. I am a mouthpiece for the most brilliant actual experts in the world, in the world. So I, I'm just a mouthpiece. But the key thing about this research and what these researchers have done in these thousands of pages is define quality. Because we can just say, oh, eat high quality foods. And people go, you're just saying eat healthy. That's not helpful. Exactly. So we need to just define a characteristic or a criteria by which food quality can be evaluated. Fortunately, the research community has done that for us. We can evaluate whether or not a food source is high or low quality based on four factors that I abbreviate using the acronym SANE. Very quickly, obviously, we go uh, into this in much more detail in the book, but the S stands for satiety. This is how quickly a calorie fills you up and how long it keeps us full. We all understand this intuitively, right? There's a reason why Pringles tells us once we pop, we cannot stop. It's because those calories actually make you hungrier while other calories actually make you full, right? The point of light beer is to put calories into your body without filling you up. That's a food with low satiety. We want to avoid foods with low satiety, so we want to eat satisfying foods. The A insane is aggression. This has to do with how aggressively or quickly a food releases its energy into our bloodstream and the resulting hormonal impact. 500 calories slowly creeping into our bloodstream over five hours is treated much differently by the body than 500 calories dumped into it all at once. This is similar to glycemic load or glycemic index. Folks pretty familiar with it. So we want to eat unaggressive calories. That's the A. The N is nutrition. We want to focus on calories that give us the most of what we do need, aka vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, essential fatty acids, essential amino acids, and less of what we don't need, things like sugar, which is non-essential. 
So we want to eat nutritious foods. And then finally, the E in efficiency. This is the one which is least communicated to the mainstream. And it has to do with how efficiently or easily our body can store certain sources of calories as fat. Certain macronutrients, such as protein, are very inefficiently converted into fat by our body. And this explains why diets which replace calories from refined carbohydrates or processed fats with nutritious protein sources consistently result in positive health and weight outcomes because simply they're, they're less efficient at converting into fat. So we want to eat satisfying, unaggressive, nutritious, and inefficient foods. Those are sane foods, and we want to avoid insane foods. And to really simplify all of that, sane foods have three things in common. They're full of water, fiber, and protein. So think non-starchy vegetables green leafy vegetables, think nutrient-dense protein like seafood and humanely raised grass-fed meats, think whole food fats like nuts and seeds, and think low sugar fruits like berries and citrus. Contrast those water, fiber, and protein-rich foods with dry, low fiber, and low protein foods such as processed starches, processed sweets, cakes, cookies, crackers, pasta, breads, things which are just dry, low in nutrition, extremely aggressive, and extremely efficient at being stored as body fat. So would that be a paleo diet that's in your book? I always don't like to refer to the paleo diet as a diet because if we define the paleo diet as eat things that are found directly in nature, then that is really, I would call it the normal human diet. I mean, we could, we could call it a diet if we want. It is very, very similar to the paleo diet. It is also similar to many other diets, though. For yes. example, a, a healthy vegan diet would have people consume 10-plus servings of non-starchy vegetables per day, as would a sane lifestyle. So I like to call a sane lifestyle if uh, Lauren Cordain from the paleo movement you know, got together with, uh, let's say, uh, uh, Joel Furman maybe who's really into vegetables and you took the best of both worlds and said, hey, let's, let's take the highest quality plant sources and the highest quality animal sources and eat as many of those as possible. I agree. That's, that sounds good that you're including everyone, just trying to get, you get everyone to eat a high quality nutrient dense diet. Absolutely. That's the key thing is focusing on quality rather than quantity and really not calling it anything other than I like to call it the common sense diet, which is why not eat the things that provide you with the most of what you don't need and the least of what, or the, excuse me, the most of what you do need and the least of what you don't need. And ironically, and actually intuitively, those are things you find directly in nature because why else would an organism be optimized to eat anything else? Like how could we possibly have evolved or been designed, depending on your belief system, to optimally thrive on anything other than the foods that were available to us for the past hundreds of thousands or millions of years. Right? Yeah. It just intuitively makes sense. Absolutely, I agree with you. And so you say in your book that you can work out for 10 to 20 minutes a week. And so is that for maintenance or for weight loss or what is your opinion on that? It's for metabolic healing and the important thing about exercise is it's very goal specific. If you want to become an excellent triathlete, you would not train the same way as someone who wants to become an excellent golfer who wouldn't train the same way as someone who wants to become an excellent football player. So if your goal is to reverse the neurological inflammation, the hormonal dysregulation, and the gut bacteria disruption that is at the heart of obesity and diabetes, there is a very specific form of exercise 
which triggers the hormonal response, which does that optimally. So is this the best way to exercise for a marathon run? No, it's not. It's the best way to exercise to cure obesity and diabetes. And that form of exercise utilizes all of our muscle fibers. And because it utilizes all of our muscle fibers, and in fact, types of muscle fibers that the majority of Americans have never, ever exercised because they've never tried this type of exercise, we end up running out of energy very quickly. Just like if you run your car at 200 miles an hour, it's gonna be able to go for a shorter period of time than if you run your car at 20 miles an hour. When we use all of our muscle fibers, we use up our energy very quickly, and therefore we can't exercise a lot, not because we're lazy, but simply because it is physically impossible to do so. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Like I am ready to work out for only 20 minutes a week. <laughs> that is what I want to do because like like I said before your your body composition is determined about 80% uh, based on your diet. So it makes sense that you don't need to kill yourself in the gym to accomplish a healthy body composition. You're exactly right, Wendy, and the only reason we've been told that in the first place is again because of these calorie myths. Because think about it, if your goal is to burn as many calories as possible, you will do something very different for exercise than if your goal is to reverse the cause of obesity, which actually has to do with your brain, your gut, and your hormones. They're very, that's why this quality approach, because with exercise, it's the same things. Exercise less, but with higher quality. Whereas what we've been told is exercise more, but with lower quality, so you can just do a lot of it and burn a lot of calories. And we can see where that's gotten us. So where do the listeners, where can they get the book, The Calorie Myth? I would highly recommend going over to CalorieMythBook.com. Again, that's CalorieMythBook.com. And if you order from that site, you can get some free bonuses, which is awesome. And I think we may even be able to extend these into the new year. So you get videos and some eBooks and some like shopping guide companion things, which is really cool. And then of course you can get it anywhere books are sold on the first on Amazon. But really, if you want those free bonuses, hop over to CalorieMythBook.com. Well, Jonathan, I know that your book is going to be a bestseller, but I sincerely hope that it's on the bestseller list for a really long time. And I, I love that this book, it's a simple distillation of all of the knowledge that you've accumulated over the, the last 13 years. And it's just, it's beautifully simplified and it's easy to follow. And you know, you're such a hardworking man and you deserve all of your success. Thank you so much, Wendy. I'm so excited by this opportunity and by people like you who are supporting and getting this message out because literally, and I'm not exaggerating here, lives are on the line. They, they really are. We have 40 million children under the age of five in this world that are overweight. And those children have an 80% likelihood of struggling with that for the rest of their life. The incidence of type 2 diabetes and prediabetes has increased 100,000% in the past 100 years. Wendy, believe it or not, the total number of people who are overweight today exceeds the total population of the world 100 years ago. Yeah, and it's really sad to me that diabetes is slated to double by 2023. And Absolutely. It's, it's frightening. So it's, not, it's really not even about, I mean, weight loss is a wonderful thing that will just happen once you heal your body. But what's even more important is the moral obligation we all have now to take ownership for this problem because we know the government and big business isn't going to solve it for us. And now, Wendy, this is crazy. The economic burden of just, like we know healthcare is a big problem in this country, the economic burden of just type 2 diabetes, so forget about obesity, just type 2 diabetes now exceeds the total economic burden of tobacco, 
by $50 billion. Wow. So if we want to forget about like making the scale happy and wearing skinny jeans, like that's all awesome and it will all happen. But right now we have a bit of a moral imperative to take back control of our health and free ourselves from these calorie myths that have caused all of this suffering. Yeah, and listeners, if you want to go support Jonathan's uh, nonprofit organization, go check out slimissimple.org. It's a wonderful organization. And again, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Wendy. Have a great new year. You too. Bye-bye. If you want to learn more about the modern paleo diet, weight loss, or how to do a real detox with nutritional balancing, you can find me on livetoone110.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter at I Will Live to 110. And you can also find me on Instagram and Pinterest at live to 110. I'm also on YouTube at the totally original Wendy Live to 110. Awesome, and I am the General Lee. If you want to find out more about me, you can find me at generallee.com, as well as find me on Instagram at Jen Lee. Remember, my name is spelled L-E-I-G-H. And uh, lastly, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on YouTube under my full name, which is Lee Lowry, and I'd appreciate it. And if you like what you heard on today's show, please give the Live to 110 podcast a review, a positive review, preferably. Uh, We do need those reviews, so please take your time and do that. Yeah, that will help us get higher up in the ratings and the, the search engines so that when people search for health or nutrition, they will find us. So thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Remember, things are not always as simple or straightforward as you think in health. Never underestimate the complexity of the body. Of course, weight loss is not as simple as calories in, calories out. Based on my dietary consumption of calories, I should weigh 500 pounds. So, <laughs> and since clearly I don't weigh 500 pounds, uh, you know, there you go. The proof is in the pudding. You know, I just... I truly have just proven Jonathan's claims in his book, The Calorie Myth. So thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.